Welcome to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast, brought to you by your friends at Finding Balance. I'm your host, Chrissy Kirkman. On this show, we kick it as old school as it gets with how God created us to live free from dieting, food rules, and body shame. Ready to replace the old soundtrack of cultural lies with biblical truth? Let's start with this. You don't have to be trapped by food struggles. You were created to be free. God adores you and wants you to experience the fullness of life without body hatred or bondage to dieting. The time is now to take a step toward the life you were created for. We're so glad you're here with us today. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, Angelica, welcome to the show. Hi, Chrissy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really happy to have you on today. Uh, So before we get into it, let me tell our listeners all about you. With more than a decade in the field of psychotherapy, Angelica Gonzalez began working in the field at Miami Children's Hospital in the psychiatric ward and moved to the field of trauma. Working in an inpatient treatment center, she gained experience working with groups, families, and individuals with eating disorders. Angelica established a private practice in 2013, working with creative and evidence-based practices, including creative interventions, psychodrama, inner healing, cognitive behavioral therapy, and dialectical behavior therapy. She has recently become certified in EMDR and attended the Global Awakening Online College of Ministry. Angelica has served as clinical director and programming consultant at Finding Balance, was a featured speaker at our Hungry for Hope events, and an expert in our Lasting Freedom course. Wow, you have done so many great things, Angelica, and thank you for all the time and heart and soul you've invested into Finding Balance. The blessing is all mine. I'm so grateful to be part of this community. Well, the way we like to get our shows kicked off is I want to know what is an old school item from back in the day that you miss that we don't have now? So there were these pencil cases that they opened on both sides and they had like all these buttons that you could press and it would like shoot out a sharpener. And then it had like all these little places for your pencils. And on the other side, it was magnetically open and it had and it was always like some cute, fun pattern on the box. And the smell of that. Do you remember the smell? I love the smell of crayons. And And pencils. Yeah. The shavings. Oh, that is very nostalgic. That's amazing. Yeah, what a good one. Okay, that no, I don't think anyone's done that yet. That goes along with the trapper keeper. And if you can, if there are those little rings that fit into the trapper keeper, then you open it up and you've got the best of both worlds. Yes, you did. I loved the organization. It was done for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, we need. And I think there's probably still pencil cases out there, but we're adulting now and you don't use them as much. Maybe some some do. I don't know. Well, today our interview is to me is super exciting because it's very much the essence of just the fact that we named this the old school Food Freedom Podcast. And and old school means different things to different people and what generation you're in. Like it could mean something totally different. Um, But when we talk about old school in this context, it's taking it back as far as, as when God created the heavens and the earth and he created us. He said it was good. (laughs) Very good. But we named it old school food freedom because it's back to the Garden of Eden. That's what today's episode is. You're going to take us back to the garden and help us understand 
what did freedom, what, what was it supposed to look like? What did it originally look like? What is God's original design? And, um, and we've talked on the podcast already about the fact that diet culture has changed a lot of things and it's made us, made it really hard for us to, to know how that looks and to separate the truth from the lies. Because sometimes the lies sound a lot like truth, but they're distorted in a way that it's like, okay, yeah, that, that must be God's way. But in reality, it's not. So Angelica, I'm going to let you go right in um, from the beginning. <laughs> so I love that you talked about how God said that it was good because um, that's exactly what we read in Genesis 1:31, which is that everything that God made was good at the end of creation. Um, and just hearing from what you were saying, when we talk about um, the freedom that God created us to be, when you look into um, Genesis again, which is the beginning, the creation, you see that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth um, and that God created it all and that there was uh, the Holy Spirit that was always hovering. So it's really interesting because we could take it a step further and really understand that the Holy Spirit is always with us, which is a part of God, right? So God being three parts, God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit, he's always with us, you know? And as you continue to read through Genesis, Genesis 2.8, it says that they heard the sound of the Lord as, he, as they were walking in the garden, which to us, we could infer, right? And, and I'm not a theo theologian, so like we could infer, that God's original design for us was just to walk in paradise, to eat when we need to eat, to be comfortable with our bodies, and to just walk with him and be with him. And I find it just so beautiful that that is really what true freedom is, is just to be able to walk with him, you know, every day, all the time, and be in relationship with him. And no shame. None. There's no shame there. That's that's what I think when I, when I think about what the Garden of Eden would have looked like before the serpent entered and, and just to be just to, I mean, that is true freedom. Mm -hmm. No shame, no condemnation anywhere to be found. It's that relationship and that connection with, with God, just the way he, just in that perfection, just the way he meant it to be. Absolutely. That's, that's what I think of too. And how awesome it is that we can always run to him, right? And we can walk with him. And that shame does not belong to us. Absolutely. It's beautiful. So, Chrissy, when you started talking about the garden and about this podcast, I just started thinking about how we all have different parts. So we have this part of us that may walk with um, God, but then we may have other parts of us. Um, and I think that parts work is something that a lot of times we don't talk about, but in the quest to find freedom, just like just like certain things entered the garden, which made it difficult for us to continue to walk in that freedom. We also have what I call our inner Eden, and then we have our external Eden. And our inner Eden inside of us can be hurt by many things, um, including trauma, which is one of the things that I love to speak about. Um, so in this internal Eden, like we're born and that's it. Like we have, we start forming our inner garden, but what happens when something like trauma hits us, right? Something traumatic, whether it's something we witness, whether it's something that is done to us, I'm talking about like the overall trauma kind of covering is that 
as a little person or even as an adult, we may need certain things to help protect us. And this is what I really believe is the beginning of like these parts that are created that can get fragmented or can be kind of like split off because they're really there to help us. So not everybody is all good and not everybody is all bad. We all have parts and I'm not saying the parts are good or bad, but we all have parts and Part of what I wanted to bring up is that I think that a lot of people don't don't really think of this, right? They don't think that there's the possibility of good and bad or that, and not even bad or good. I don't want to label it, but we all have different parts that serve different functions. So I want you to think of like a glass jar and when it falls and it shatters, there's like all these little pieces that come out of it. Well, that's that's true to us, right? That's the impact of trauma on us. Like when something hits us or, or whether external or internal, some, something happens within our heart that there's a piece of it that kind of starts to form either to protect us in the form of an eating disorder, anxiety, um, lies that the enemy is going to start bringing in because of that pain. Um, so... The plan of the enemy is to keep us in darkness, right? But the plan of Jesus was really to walk and to talk with us. And um, one of the really cool tools, so to, as, as we were preparing for today, I really hope that people can walk away with tools, is um, introducing Jesus. So whenever that moment of trauma or that moment of difficulty came across, what would happen if we introduced Jesus? If you ask Jesus, like, where were you? Um, many times I find, and that's an inner healing tool, um, and many times I find that if people can't see him, there may be a distortion in the way that you're seeing God, because if you think about it, he's with us all the time. He's omnipresent. So what would it be like to bring someone like Jesus into the room and to see, like, where were you and what were you doing? It's been really powerful in a lot of, um, in a lot of my sessions to ask clients when they're ready, you know, where was Jesus and what was he doing? One of my clients was like, he's kneeling on the floor and he's crying next to me. Um, and it just, it just adds that, that piece of, you know, we're not alone. Again, going back to the garden, he's walking with us, you know? Um, so if you are somebody who has been through something difficult, you might want to check and see, you know, okay, well, when I was there, like, where, where were you, you know? Because he he doesn't leave us alone. As a matter of fact, it says he leaves the 99 to find the one. And in that moment, you might have been the one. So good. And I I recently went through, I've been going through a workbook that talks about that. It had that in as an exercise of inviting Jesus in to this traumatic or bad thing that happened in your past and, and visualizing that. That was a game changer for me. Um because I had mm -hmm. never even, I knew God, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they were, have always been with me, but I never stopped to look at, like it visualize how did that look? And it felt very different and it made my current experience um, of, of the past situation felt very different all of a sudden. I hope that makes sense. Um, but it, yeah, it felt very different. I do have a question. When you said um, that there are different parts of us, um, like an eating disorder might happen to protect us. Can you go into that a little bit? Because yes. I feel like 
our listeners may need to understand that a little bit further. So if you think of a function of an eating disorder is that it kind of consumes all your thoughts and all of um, really everything, right? You're concerned about what you're eating, what you look like, how much exercise you get, maybe. I mean, I'm sure I don't have to explain it, but the eating disorder becomes like all consuming. And so if you think about it, who wants to look at pain? Who wants to sit there and say, this is the most painful thing that has ever happened to me. And now you want me to sit with you and talk about it and dissect it and try to understand it. Like, no, I don't want to do that. And because we're wired to kind of run away from pain, not towards pain, um, which is why sometimes the process of therapy is so hard, because here I am saying, all right, guys, let's look at what really caused you pain, you know, and who wants to do that, including me in my own therapy. Like, I, I want to run away from pain. And that's when I notice all my defenses start coming up. Well, think about it. If you have this painful thing that happened to you um, and and one is not worse than the other. I think a lot of times people are like, well, at least this didn't happen to me. No, that's not it. Whatever happened to you is significant and important, but you just don't want to talk about it, right? You don't want to deal with it. And so if you focus all your energies on an eating disorder, you don't have to focus on any of the underlying pain. So the eating disorder actually becomes a protective function that helps us. It helps us to be able to deal with whatever it was that happened. And if you think about it, hopefully it leads you to the help that then, you know, we can give the eating disorder another job. Um, Because in parts work, what you learn is that all parts are there for a reason, right? And they're all part of who we are, you know, um, so maybe the eating disorder just needs another part, another work, another job. So here's a quick example. One of my clients, she was very obsessive in her eating disorder, um, not OCD, just very, very obsessive. Um, and she, throughout her recovery, when she got at a good place, she turned it to volleyball. And she became um, one of the best volleyball players in the region, so much so that she actually got a scholarship to an Ivy League school. Um, and it was just a matter of, in a, in a healthy way, that same quality that that um, eating disorder embodied, she was able to turn towards something else. And it's really funny because I always tell people who have eating disorders, if you just used a fraction of the energy that you use toward the disorder to something else, like, you would rule the world. <laughs> and I think it's the truth. Like, you know, like... I, I never have forgotten one of the first Hungry for Hopes where Constance said, like, the enemy is after girls with eating disorders and boys with eating disorders because most most of the time, and I too believe this, they are the most talented. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, I think that sometimes we're quick to say get rid of the eating disorder, get rid of the eating disorder, get rid of the eating disorder. But true healing, I believe, comes in finding, like, why did this person develop this eating disorder? Why did I develop this eating disorder? What was I trying to cope with? Not what was I trying to to get to, right? That's powerful. I do not want the enemy to twist this. We're not promoting eating disorders. We're not encouraging you to have an eating disorder. It's finding grace for a person who has been through an eating disorder because I think 
in the past they've been condemned like this is your choice this is what you wanted this is how you did it and and so then the person feels a lot of guilt and shame and this is the opposite of that this is kind of saying okay well the eating disorder is here how do what did it do right like why was it formed it like I have yet to meet like a two-year-old it's like I can't wait till I'm older and I have an eating disorder it's gonna be the best thing ever so the fact that it's there it's just trying to understand like what was the pain that you were trying to run away from that may have contributed to the creation of this eating disorder. But I agree, Chrissy, 100%. No way, shape, or form is this an endorsement of having sure. an eating disorder yes, at all. We would never do that. So I think a lot of times we get scared when we talk about parts because people think of dissociative identity disorder. And while that's at the end of a continuum of parts, I have parts. I have a part of me that shows up as therapist. I have a part of me that shows up as aunt. I have a part of me that shows up as teacher. I have so many different parts of me. And yes, they are all part of one whole. So when we're talking here, I really think we're talking about a fragmented part, not a dissociated part. It's very interesting because a dissociated part is when you really don't remember what one part did and the other. So more along the continuum of um, dissociative identity disorder. So um, just questioning like when it says that he walks with us and talks with us do we allow him to walk with us in our pain or do we feel shameful and do we cover up our pain or you know who does the shame belong to you know does it belong to you or does it belong to somebody else um so we may have all these parts around us and and sometimes people talk about inner child work um accessing your inner child and um, again, it's it's a part of us, right? Like, how old is that part? Sometimes you're able to be like, oh, it's six or seven or eight years old. And the truth is, is that as older people, we can take those parts in and we can actually take them to Jesus or we can really reparent them in a way that we wished we would have had. Wow, that's good. And that's not an overnight thing, I'm sure. <laughs> Right? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. We have to first find that part, right? And and be able to understand it. So imagine if the eating disorder and body image issues and um, anxiety and depression are covering that part. It takes a while to walk through those layers to get to that part of us or that root that was really hurt. So what can we do? Like, how can we build a bridge from the pain to who we are today? Because one of the things that I love, love, love is that was then and this is now. That was then and this is today. And even saying it out loud allows you to make the delineation in time and space of something that happened in the past versus something that is happening today. Um, so how do we build a bridge? And that's something that you can do through art, again, accessing both hemispheres of your mind, which we all know that I love creatively, but really kind of getting an internal representation of what this part that was hurt or this part that, you know, struggled and how it can bridge to today where we can hold on to it. We can help it maybe with tools that we have. And ultimately, what happens when we take that part to Jesus? What happens when we take that part to Father God? What happens when we take that part to the Holy Spirit? Like, can it start receiving everything that it needed? Um, so, yeah, 
I mean, that's that's one of this one of one of the other tools that I wanted to give you guys is building the bridge and then taking this part to Jesus. You know, I think one of the hard things about trauma is that it lives in our bodies and in our minds. And the concept of building bridge is also building the bridge between our minds and our bodies. Um, because in our bodies, we hold on to so much of what was done for us because like I always say, our body was there with us, right? In the beginning, like our body was there with us. Our body walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, but it was also there with us when we go through the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Like all of it, it's always there. And I think there's there's an easier way to kind of intellectualize everything and to make it more about the head. And then we forget that our body was really there with us. What are some examples of like where our body feels the the trauma or the pain or the struggle that we're going through, like where does our body hold it? Yeah, it, it depends, Chrissy. It depends because, you know, it depends on what was done to us and or what we went through, right? Um, um, so when I lived in New York, I went through September 11th and I completely thought that it had not affected me. I didn't know anybody in the towers directly. Thank God my friends had stayed home that day. Um, but walking home that day and seeing everything that I saw, now I know, of course, it had an effect. But back then I was like, oh, I'm fine. I survived it. We all got through it. It's fine. Um, and then two years later, when I actually decided to be a therapist and I came back to Miami, my brother was watching a documentary from inside the towers. And I'll never forget because I was cooking chicken in the oven and I went to pull out the chicken. I put it on top of the stove and I turned around and I looked at a scene that was happening in the documentary and I just fell to my knees. Um, my body and my mind were not connected at that moment because I was like, what just happened? Um, now I understand. Now I understand that it was my body having a reaction to something that I had seen. And so that's why I say, you know, it was a part of me that still carried the physical memory of that day. Um, so that's that's kind of what I say that our bodies and our minds, like when they're not connected and it's survival, right? Like we don't we don't connect it because we got to survive. Like and if I felt everything in my body, I might feel like I might explode, you know, um, but through therapy, the really cool thing is that you can, you know, you can and movement. That's why movement, not in a disordered way, is so important. Um, I love Pilates. I'm a Pilates proponent. I think it is like one of the best exercises. It makes you slow down. It makes you connect to your body. It allows you to see like the creation that God has given you and how amazing it is. And it's not about like competition. It's really just what do you do on the reformer by yourself? And what do you, what goals do you want to accomplish? And it's not a harsh uh, exercise. Um, I'm a big proponent because it does, it connects you to the beauty that God created outside and inside. Building a bridge and, and, and bringing the two or all, not the two parts, but all the parts to Jesus. So my, my favorite thing is creatively, right? So I would say grab a journal and start understanding what are the parts that seem to be away from Jesus? What are the parts maybe that are in isolation and by themselves because of whatever you have been through? And usually it's a part of us that we don't want to see. So there's a book that calls it the internal phobia of parts. It's like you're phobic of that part because you just don't like it. And you're like, I don't want to see that. You know, like there are parts of me that I, I don't like particularly, but those are usually the ones that 
carry something that need to be given to God or carry some form of pain of us, which is why we don't want to see it. Um, and the more love and compassion we have towards those parts, the more love and compassion we have for them, the more we can really bring them and understand, again, going back to function, understand their function and what they've been doing inside of us, you know, all this time. And so I personally do a lot of collage work. Like that's where I've done a lot of my own personal healing. So I would literally collage a part of me and Jesus and like what that bridge kind of looks like from one part to the other or collage what you think of your mind and like what you think of your body and what a bridge to bridge them together looks like. And within that is work, Chrissy, you know, because it's not like you're like, oh, I built a bridge. Yay, I'm there. No, like sometimes what is along the bridge is kind of giving you a plan of like, how do I get there, you know? And to me, everything opens up to heaven. You know, it starts with the connection here of understanding myself and then being able to like give it all to God. But if I don't understand what's going on in my inner Eden, right, like we talk about, then I don't know what I can give to God as I walk and talk with him. Yeah. And when I think of, so when you're talking about, you know, parts that we need to give to God and I think back of, you know, what I was thinking, what, what parts would I like not like? Um, and I, and usually it goes way back, um, to, to just be ways I behaved and wish I wouldn't have said that or acted that way or done that or participated. Um, and yeah, I don't really want to go there either, but it, it's, it's good to think about that. Like, what is, I don't want to keep carrying that either. Like, because when I think about it, my body, I start to feel my body react in different ways. And I start to like, my chest kind of gets tight. My stomach kind of feels <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, I'd rather lay that at the feet of Jesus, like get it up out of me, lay it down and, and ask him to help me through this or, or to take it away so I can move forward um, and not have to, to deal with it. And, and not accept any condemnation because that's not from him. We say that a lot, but um, on, on our podcast, I know other episodes we've we've made it clear, but like I will not stop reminding our listeners and myself <laughs> that condemnation is not coming from Jesus. That is not happening. It's sweet, gentle, loving, fatherly conviction. Um. And, and love and forgiveness and so much grace, so much grace. So when we hear a voice saying, like there, there's a time when, you know, I feel broken. How do you respond to brokenness? Mm -hmm. So I, I really don't believe that we're all broken. Like, I don't think that that is just like you're broken and you need somebody to fix you. And that's kind of like what I think. So when I hear I'm broken, my first question is usually says who? Like, who is saying that, right? Um, because God saw all that he made and he said it was good. So if it's good, is it broken? I I don't know. You know, we might have broken parts inside of us or parts that feel broken. But you as a person, as a whole, is not broken. Again, it's this idea of we're not all good and we're not all bad, but what God created was good. But it brings me back to who labeled you, right? Like who told you that you were broken? Where did you pick up that message? Was that God 
or was that somebody that was placed in your environment or or who or was it your own voice that is like oh you must be broken and you bought into that but it goes back to the lies of the enemy so another tool that i like to say is you know and i do it with play therapy so it's kind of like pick a miniature that represents you pick a miniature that represents god and pick a miniature that represents the enemy well whose voice are you listening to? And it's really, I love miniature work because when you see a huge miniature for the enemy and a really small miniature for God, like you kind of see, wow, like this is how I think. And drawing, creative therapies, play therapy, it all uses your unconscious mind. So it's really cool to see what people pick. Um, And if you want to do this for yourself, you can pick stickers or you could go online and pick something that represents God for you, or you could go into nature. I mean, there's so many different ways of doing it, but looking at it and really looking at, you know, was it God who said it or was the enemy who said it? And why is the enemy saying this to me? What's the purpose in believing this lie, right? And what is it connected to? Because if I continue to believe these lies, again, going back to a protective function, sometimes the lies are protective. And I'm not saying that Satan is protecting you at all. Again, going back to, please don't think that. But, you know, I've heard so many times if I tell myself all of these lies about myself, well, then it doesn't matter what anybody says about me because I've already told myself the worst. Um, And that I've heard a lot um, throughout the years of being a therapist. I've heard that one a lot. So um, making sure that we can move all of that out so that we can really see the truth. We just got back from a conference and one of the girls that works with me said that her biggest takeaway of the conference was that triggers come from trauma, not truth. And it's so simple, but so true. You know, when you're triggered, you believe something about yourself or you believe that's not right. It's really coming from something that happened to you. It's not coming from you today or from truth, which is hopefully who you today are. That's powerful. I love that. We, that, oh, that's good. Um, I'm going to be writing that one down and sticking it Mm -hmm. on my wall for a reminder. It's so good. That one was really, really good. And I agree. Like the truth is who God says we are. The truth is who God, you know, created us to be, not, you know, not from whatever experiences we had that in turn caused all of these. I love that it's called disorder because God is so orderly in creation. Like he created one thing one day, one thing the next day, you know, like he was so orderly. Going back to my pencil case, like I love the order, but the order, like it's amazing, right? And so what is the opposite of truth? What is the opposite of what God wants for us? It's disorder. It's disarray. Like it's, it's confusion. And so whenever there's confusion and whenever there's just a lot of stuff going on. That's not from God because God's a God of order. I say amen and thank you, Lord, for being orderly. <laughs> and you're right. The name disordered eating, eating disorder. That's That should tell us, I mean, we we know because we're a lot of us have been through it or we live it and we know it's disorderly and we don't like it yet. There's this element of control and, and that we have plans mm-hmm. and control and organized, um, you know, exercise regimens or, or food plans. Um, 
yet what it does to us every day is super dysfunctional and disordered and we don't like it. Like sometimes we think we like it, but that it, when it comes down to it, it, it doesn't produce good results. And then we still feel like we're, we're trapped by it. When you talk about, um, broken, like that no one's broken is the, do you feel like there's, is there a difference between broken beyond repair and Lord, I come to you right now and I'm, I just feel broken inside. Um, I, will you mend me? It, like, it, are there two different ways of, or do you feel like no one can be broken in general? I, I mean, maybe broken is a trigger word for me because I hear it so much. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm like, and I'm sitting in front of people saying, you are so beautiful. Like you are God's creation. Like you're amazing. Why would you ever think that you're broken? And so I love your question, Chrissy, because yeah, I think it's the broken beyond repair that I get a lot. You know, like I'm broken beyond repair. You you want me to be fixed. And I'm always like, I don't want you to be fixed. Like, who am I? You know, like, but I know that God created us to be whole. And God created us to live a full life. Um, and so I think that's why, like, yeah, I think there is a difference. Like, of course, like I feel broken versus I am broken, I think is a very different delineation, right? Like I feel broken is one thing, but I am broken and nobody can ever help me. Like those are that's that for me is my trigger. Like, what are you talking about? Let's get in there. Let's help you. Like, there is no. a difference. Of, it, we're approaching you know, I might be approaching the throne and just, Lord, I just feel broken. Help me put me back together again. That that's the, I, I know that I'm in this grief or I'm struggling with this. I, I experienced to me, I feel like I experienced loads of brokenness during my infertility struggles and losing a ba- one baby after another. I feel like my body's broken. I feel like I am broken. I know you mm-hmm. have something for me. Um, help me versus I don't know if I ever went to a point of I am broken beyond repair. There is no hope. I, and so I can, I feel one is Holy spirit led and the other is the enemy is driving it and saying those lies of you. Maybe I, at that point could was holding on to truth. And there are other points in my life. I was listening to lies up one side and down the other. And it's and it's a distortion of identity because if you really know who you are and you know who God says you are, that's different, right? Because I, I don't I don't see Father God saying you're broken. That's who you are. That is your identity, right? But if I walk through the world and I'm like, I am a broken human being, like that's not God's best for you. Absolutely not. And that's not the heart of God either. And that's not how he made you. But feeling broken, I mean, I'm sure sometimes you really feel deep in your heart, like there's something there, you know. And yeah, being able to give it a God is amazing, you know, being able to understand, to ask them to partner with you. And I say them because whether it's Father God, Holy Spirit or Jesus to partner with you and to show you like in what areas am I broken? What's going on? Like, why do I feel this way? I know that's not who you created me to be. And that's that's really, I think, where I come from, Chrissy. <laughs> like, that's my trigger. My trigger is like, you're not broken, I promise. You want, you want us to know the truth about who God says we are. Back to the garden of Absolutely. when he created us. He didn't just say it was good. 
it mm-hmm. was we, his his creation of human life, it it is very good. It was then and it still is mm-hmm. now, even in our bodies that have a, a start date and a, an end date on this earth, um, it's still very good. And even when we feel that the world around us is telling it's not telling us it's not good. He says it's very good. So Angelica, what would you like to, um, to leave our listeners with today? I think, and this is what I was saying when we were talking that there's a call back to the garden. Like, I think he wants us to go back to the moment where we could walk with him. We could talk with him. We can worship with him. We can, We can really do everything, like just do daily life. I mean, wash your dishes, take care of your kids, uh, work with that, whatever it is, mow your lawn, (laughs) like whatever it is, do it with Jesus, you know, like do it with Father God, do it with Holy Spirit. Like, what does that look like? What does it look like to know that you're not alone? What does it look like to be able to know that everything that he created was good and that that doesn't only include like... um, ourselves and our body or certain foods, right? Like it includes all foods, you know, like, yeah, salads are very good, you know, so is the cupcake, like, you know, we're, we're all good, like, it's good. And to be able to realize that even in the pain, even in the struggle, he has always been there with her with us, even if we have these parts of us that we don't quite understand that it's okay, because he will, he will reveal what he plans to heal, which is one of my other favorite sayings that I say a lot. And that revelation comes through time. It's not like a one and done. Um, So I think we just need to walk back into the garden with him and remember that when we step out of it to walk back in and step out of it and walk back in and always go back remembering that whatever happened in the past is in the past and we can look at it and we can heal it. And that's not happening today. And I hear so much (laughs) grace in your voice when you're when you're saying these things. There's, there's grace. We need to extend ourselves grace while we're doing these things. And to know, like, I, there's so many days where I'll just be like, I just want to, I want to be over this. I want to be, I want to be fixed and move on and just move forward. But like, there are some times where in our lives, we're not ready to receive something or it can't really soak in today. Like it will three months and five days from now. Because we've gone through these other things. Mm -hmm. I love what the Bible says because over and over and over again, you read Jesus moved with compassion. And so if he moved with compassion and, you know, I think of the word compassion and like if I were to translate it in my head, like calm meaning plus and then passion being like love with love. Like how can, and that's not a Hebrew translation or anything like that. I promise. Not me. It's just the way my brain works. But um, I just think about it. Like what happens if we move with compassion like Jesus did, right? Like what if I, everything that in everything that I do, I move with compassion not only for other people, but the part that people miss is for ourselves too, with grace and compassion. Because if we don't have that, I think we're missing part of the heart of Jesus, you know, that he moved with Mm. compassion. That's so good. Angelica, this was great. This was deep. I I know that there are probably some listeners like, okay, what do I do next? What is my next step? Um, I can't do all of this by myself because it, it really... 
it takes someone who who understands to help guide us through. And there's not like oh, we are big components for getting the help you need. I am here today because I got so much different help um, and I chose Christ-centered help because that was important to me. That's what I wanted to know, Jesus, where do you fit in the middle of this eating struggle? Where do you fit in the middle of the trauma that I've been through um, and want to overcome? So what would you suggest um, that someone could do? Where, where should they start? So I believe there's a variety of different things that we can do. So number one is go the traditional route and get a Christian counselor. And if one is not available in your community, I have gone the route of a non-Christian counselor when I started therapy. And she helped me a lot until a point where, you know, I really needed somebody who was more Christian. And now I have a Christian therapist. Um, so you can do that. And that is somebody who's going to help you walk through it. You can also, I loved, Chrissy, that you talked about the Bible study that you all did. That's more of the the book. Um, Boundless by, by Tasha Layton. Boundless, right. By Tasha Layton. So, like, if you get in a group of women that you trust and that you love and that know that can walk with you, um, I think that's a great format, too, to be able to walk with each other and learn together um, and or small groups that are geared towards healing within your church. I mean, there's those, which I think is amazing. Um, and if you really don't feel like you can open up with somebody else or with people, I think that's why I was so intent on giving tools. So we gave you three different tools on this podcast. Grab a journal, grab a latte, and start asking <laughs> Holy Spirit to reveal for you. Same. Sorry, I'm a coffee fanatic. So I'm sorry for those who are not. Um, or a tea, you know, um, and sit down and start like kind of digging into these things. I know that like the word says, the spirit of God was hovering. The spirit of God is going to be hovering over you. And I don't want to forget that Finding Balance has some amazing <laughs> groups also um, that you could join and just start unpacking. Um, one of the biggest things I want to make sure that I say is it's a journey. It's not a destination. I've been in therapy and continue to be in therapy because I want to make sure that my mind is very healthy for people that I treat. Um, and God just continues to peel layer after layer after layer. And don't get the idea that you have to be in therapy forever. For me, it's more of an occupational thing that I would never want to put anything on anybody that's mine. So I continue to just get what I call mental health checkups. So good. <laughs> and well, Angelica, I'm going to be sure to link um, EdenTherapyCo.com. Because um, I know you have some cool resources like placemats and coping cards and grounding skills and affirmations and hope cards, like all these cool things to download that I think would be really beneficial. Um, and if anyone might want to work with you or someone on your team, um, they can connect with you in that way. Um, and I'll also link your cedcn.org profile. So they can connect as well and uh, Instagram and all the things. Well, thank you so much, Angelica. It's been a pleasure. Before we end, can you describe to us the last time you experienced true freedom? So I thought about it and my last time that I've felt the true freedom would be um, we went to Upper Room as a staff because we had been in Dallas for a conference and they allowed us to worship in the front. And I find so much freedom in worship 
I am one of those crazy ones that will be dancing and singing and moving her hands and being grateful to God for the body that I have, being grateful for everything that has led up to that moment. And I find so much freedom in worship. And if there is something that I will pray for everybody who listens is that you experience that freedom of just not caring because you're there for God. Um, The Bible says that David danced unabashedly in front of the Lord. So every time I feel like I'm being a little too extra, I always remember that and I'm like, but I'm free. That is awesome. I cannot wait. We have to worship together one day because we'll just be synchronized worshiping or something. I love it. Yes, I I love to. I mean, because it's it's literally it's you and God. That's what it that's what it is. That's what it should be. Yes. Um, thank you, Angelica. So great. No, thank you, guys. Um, thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, the Finding Balance team. I love y'all, and I'm here for it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to the Old School Food Freedom Podcast. For over 20 years, Finding Balance has been helping people walk in freedom by discovering where Jesus fits into their struggles with food and body image. If you want more biblical truth and encouragement, head on over to FindingBalance.com and subscribe to our free daily vitamin devotional. While you're there, explore our Christ-centered, lasting freedom online course and small group tools. You can help keep this ministry going by donating today at FindingBalance.com. See you next time. in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose, treat, or prescribe a particular course of action. If you or someone you care about is battling an eating disorder or is experiencing unmanageable thoughts or feelings, please call 911 if in the U.S. or visit your nearest emergency room.